You're listening to Soul School with Laura Coe and Kevin Kaiser. On this show, we dive into life's biggest questions. Who are we? What are we here to do? And how can we fearlessly live as our truest, deepest selves? Soul School is the spiritual education you never received. So if you're ready, join us as we explore together. Soul School is in session. Hey everybody, welcome to this this week's show. I'm Kevin Kaiser and here with the uh, wonderful Laura Co. Hey, Laura. Hey, Kevin. How are you? I'm great. So uh, let's dive right in. Today, this week, we're talking about spiritual growth and ascension. And we thought we would talk about sort of the opportunities, the perils of it, and then some of our own lessons, the things that we feel like we've gotten right, we've gotten wrong, if you want to call it that, like things that have been clear, things that have not been clear. And also like all of the things that we've learned by working with um, hundreds and hundreds of people collectively over the years around these ideas of spiritual growth. So um, so there are many places to enter in, but let me just start with, okay, so how do you define spiritual growth versus ascension? Because these words are sort of used interchangeably. Yeah. I'm so excited for this topic. That's great, right? <laughs> it's so funny how much I nerd out on this. Um, spiritual growth, right? Like this was one that truly kicked my ass. Like I had this one upside down for I think most of my life. Um, I think baked into culture is this idea of getting somewhere, right? With everything. We want to attain yeah. a goal. We want to feel like we're moving forward. We want to be getting it right, right? Um, so I... <laughs> I approached, and I think a lot of people do, spirituality from the framework of getting it right. Um, and so a lot of people come to me for Akashic Record readings, and they're like, am I on the right path? Right? And, <laughs> and where am I on that path? Where am exactly, I? Exactly. Where am I exactly on that path? Like 2%? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, and I mean, actually, joking aside, there's actually a lot of anxieties, you know, around, um, I've gone off my path, I'm on the wrong path, and all this stuff. And so in it comes, I think, this, this idea of like spiritual elitism. So, so one, what does it mean to have spiritual evolution? It, it means that you're learning and growing without a hierarchical perspective of what that means, right? So a kindergartner is properly in kindergarten. A PhD student is properly in their PhD program. We would never want to swap them, nor would we judge either for right. being a retrospective place. Right. It's perfect, right? But when we think about soul evolution, we think, well, if I'm in kindergarten, that's slow or bad or wrong, or I want to be more advanced. Or if I'm in a PhD program, like, ah, I got it, right? Like a, right. it's this really gross sense of being better. And so, um, I don't know that, that, that somehow some people are not evolved enough and by not evolved enough, right? We mean I haven't overcome all the negative vibrational energies, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I spent a lot of years trying to not feel negative feelings. It's truly like, Oh, I'm how'd really that, angry. That's how'd bad. that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> I became like very like walking around like um, um, 
I, it's like a, it's almost like holding your breath is all I can say, right? It felt like I was trying so hard to get it right all the time and minimize the, the quote, negative expressions of life, right? Mm. <laughs> and um, it's tough. I mean, it's tough because life is challenging and things yeah. come up and they are hard. And if you feel that a sense of shame that uh, you're you're experiencing anger or you're experiencing feeling like a victim one day or, you know, whatever it is, uh, sad, um, unworthy, that, that there's something wrong with you mm. in that moment. Um, so that's what um, I had to redefine re, uh, for myself. Yeah. And it took a long time. And it wasn't really until I checked out the Adashanti stuff that I just love so much, but um, really heard his explanation around um, being in life totally. It's not that I hadn't heard these ideas before, right? So we, we hear things, we hear it in our head. And I kind of heard it, but I didn't really hear it until um, I was listening to one of the two books. I forget. I always mix them up. But one of the two, A Falling from Grace or End of Your World. And it was like, oh, I have to be in life fully good or bad. And so spiritual evolution is we learn lessons over lifetimes, whatever it is, learning how to not be abusive, learning how to be um, not a victim, learning how to um, deal with forgiveness, whatever it is. And none of it is better or worse or right or wrong. And I'm not equally better or worse or right or wrong because I, I, I am still in the negative lower vibration or the um, uh, more um, earlier level lessons that a soul might be learning. How about mm. that? Yeah. 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 I love that. And both of those Adya Shante books, uh, amazing. I mean, they're been really pivotal to, to my own understanding over the past few years. Um, one of the things that comes up for me quite a bit around the ideas of spiritual growth is that um, it really is this kind of uh, unlearning or stripping away, right? There are kind of two sides to it. And, the, and this is where human language really just compl is completely inadequate because we're talking about um, like physical, eternal lessons that are learned through a physical life, right? But it's like you're born... And you're this wonder-filled, uh, just presence wrapped in skin, right, as a child. And then you start learning language. And thought is just language. And it's added to your, like, your effortless presence, your effortless being. So things are added to it. And these things accumulate, right? Like these algorithms and things that we learn. And then... You know, for me, like this, the, the path, if you want to call it that, of spiritual growth is like unlearning all of the things that were put on top, that were added to you. Um, you know, so it's this kind of unlearning, this stripping away, which is why like so many of the spiritual traditions say that, you know, look, there's, you're really just recognizing the truth. You're just realizing what is buried beneath all of the stuff that you've added on top, you know, that our culture is added on top. And yeah, part of what gets added on top is what you're talking about. It's that linear, 
you know, this is what spiritual growth looks like. Here's what it doesn't look like. If you're doing it this way, you're doing it right. If you do it this way, you're doing it wrong. And everybody has their ideas of what's right and wrong and who's better than others. And, you know, and it changes too all the time. Like, you know, if you want to grow fast, do breath work. Well, no, it's not that anymore. It's cold plunging along with psychedelics or, you know, whatever it is. But it's, uh, I mean, it really is just this kind of unlearning while learning at the same time, you know? So to me, it just seems like it's, it's both of those things. That That's right. I mean, from a very, very, very practical level, right. From my perspective, which is always the Akashic realm, it's, it's, we come here over many incarnations to learn specific lessons that we created in our soul plan. So we evolve over time. If, even though there isn't time, we evolve over multiple lifetimes and then we have an ascension. Our soul doesn't need to keep coming through this physical realm. It ascends to an ascended master, what have you, right? Nothing's better or worse. No life is more important than the other. No lesson is more meaningful. No time uh, is meaningful, right? Like the lessons we learn early in our soul's inception all the way to through the end, they're all of the same value. And then to your your point, right? There's all this stuff that gets in the way and there's all these ideas and frameworks and cultural views. Uh, and, and that one, this spiritual elitism, this idea of getting it right of like, if I get there, then I will feel more bliss, more happy. What is enlightenment? Oh, it's I'm above all of it. I feel amazing all the time. And it's like, oh God, that's not true. Oh God, yeah. it's just not true, Kevin. And, and it like, one created all of this disharmony in myself because I was trying so hard to get it right. And then when I was not capable of that, right? Cause life just kept dishing and I just kept feeling these lower vibrational negative experiences yeah. and the shame is building. And it's like, what am I getting wrong? How come I can't figure this spiritual shit out? Right? Like yeah. truly. Um, and it wasn't until I realized that's not at all it. It's just, um, being in a state of acceptance. I'm not resisting what is coming and I'm not grasping for what I think I need, meaning I'm not grasping for the positive, you know, higher vibrational experiences and I'm not resisting the lower ones. I'm just in my experience, quote, good, quote, bad. And I'm extracting out the lessons that my soul needs in the moment, right? So that it can continue on this path that, quite frankly, I don't even know what I set up half the time, right? So it's a grand unfolding into the unknown, which is really just my allowance for the present moment to be exactly what it needs to be without judgment. And and so it's tough because one, there's this evolution of spirit. We don't even remember what we set up. Two, cultural norms are such that we're so, I was so misinformed about what it is um, to be a spirit in the human experience so that I could learn and grow from the soul level. Right. I mean, all of these ideologies are just, they're just impossible. They make it so difficult to do the soul work. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, in this whole process really requires faith in, like in the truest sense that I can trust life. I can trust what's happening. Right. Because, you know, it's like, 
the truth will set you free, but it's going to trigger you first to get your attention is the way all of that works because like life is the school. And if your lesson or if your course of study is total inner freedom, like total inner uh, peace, well-being that also then expresses itself through your life as your truest expression, well, then life is going to bring you opportunities and trigger you to like clear out the stuff that blocks you. You know, I tell people all the time, uh, coaching clients, it's like, listen, one of the best things you can do is to go out and get triggered, get good and pissed off because those things that get triggered in you are the things that need to be, you know, removed or just kind of cleared out of the way so that you can be more free. But like we take it, like you said, that resistance as proof that, well, we're not, we're not doing it right. So no, it's actually proof that you are doing it right. You know, it's like, go deep into that, like go face that, embrace it, do it even more because that's where the good stuff is. It it could be this life and it could be, it could be what you brought in to heal in this life. It could be literal soul work. And I did a reading for this woman and she's like, why am I struggling? And and I was like, let me look. And they, we looked at the soul plan and it took us to the past life. And the past life was multiple children, a husband that was an alcoholic, a a really difficult relationship with the parent. And she's like, oh my God, I've have I have the same thing going in this life. And I was like, no way, you know, like, I don't know this person at all. And so she has come back to keep learning right through this embodiment. We set up lifetimes so that we can learn the lessons. In her case, it was about shame and self-worth. And this dynamic was the one her soul picked. And so sometimes it's cultural norms. Sometimes it's the true lesson that you're that you're trying to um, experience to learn, right? Because that's the point is that for whatever reason, I don't know, the soul expression needs the embodiment to move it into the experiential knowing that helps evolve the soul. Yeah. It seems like a difficult process. Wish it was a little less. <laughs> right. God. But you know, this, this human living thing seems to help the soul growth. Yeah. You know, in one sort of, I think in mental pictures and metaphors and you know, how I love like words and etymology, the, you know, the word for wind in so many different languages is the same word that's used for spirit. And I think about, uh, like, a if you think about like a flute and, um, if you just held a flute up into the air and just expected the breeze to like make music, right. It wouldn't work like the breath or the wind or the spirit has to be guided and directed through this physical thing in order to create music. Right. And it's the same way. That's how I think about why on earth would a soul need a human life, right? Well, the human life is the instrument. And the breath blowing through it is this spirit or soul. Um, and they create each other, right? Like the breath by itself isn't music. It needs the instrument. And the instrument by itself is just a thing. You know, it needs the the breath moving through it. And so, you know, and so it's just like I kind of think of it as, you know, this the learning and the practicing process of like learning an instrument, how to play an instrument feels to me like, oh, well, that's what souls are doing in like 
kind of clumsily getting through, stumbling through human life, learning things, making amazing music at the same time, right? Yeah, completely. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful metaphor. That's 100% how I see it too. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, it also sets up life as play. You know, Alan Watts said something one time about symphonies. He's like, nobody ever worked a symphony or ever worked a piece of art, right? You play a symphony, um, you know, you play music. And, you know, I really do think that at some point we have these realizations of, oh, wow, like this game was it, we took it w- way more seriously than we really needed to. You know, we actually created the resistance in our life. Um, yeah. and we learned from it. And I think it comes back to that point of hierarchy, right? Like, why do we take it seriously? In my opinion, right? It's that there's a, there's a lack of play to life because there's this desperate need to get it right. And yeah. there's this deep internal judge that lives within all of us that keeps um, reminding us of our lack, right? Not good enough, um, not lovable, right? At the core, what is the deepest fear that everybody holds? Lovability, right? Worthiness, worthy of love. (laughs) And so if that's truly at stake and you believe that the attainments of life, maybe the practical success stuff, or you move into the spiritual life and you say, oh my God, if I don't find enlightenment, what does that mean about me, right? I must suck. And it's like, wow, you know, we just attach this achievement-based mindset which never can be satisfied ever, right? The most successful people don't feel good. Um, And a lot of people are chasing after spirituality, truly chasing it, right? Like, and I was too. I just, I I kept being like, God, when am I going to hold this experience, right? And what I meant was, how do I just stay happy all the time? How do I stay authentic all the time? And then I learned, yeah, no, 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 it's, it's this waving thing and you have to go through it. But as much as I felt I, be- I got that, I was trying to cut the short, the, the negative stuff short. You know, I didn't want to be in that. And, and so the, the shift was bad days, whatever, whatever. They're just there. They're perfectly fine. And I just kind of like turn inward and I'm just like, eh, feel so great today. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? so what? Exactly. And it and it's and it's always relative. It's like bad compared to what? Um, you know, because the about a week ago, like I just had this really crappy day. I was just feeling, you know, kind of bleak and which doesn't happen very often. And I just happened to turn on the news and saw the story about Ukraine, what's happening in Ukraine and how people have, are just figuring out how to survive. And in, in the instant I had this thought of, oh man, my bad is not that bad. No, like, it's always relative to our expectation of what we think the day should be. Right. Exactly. And that's the thing. <laughs> it's like, what is it supposed to be? It's like, it's only hard because I have expectations that it must be a certain way. And the mind is, is constantly seeking and resisting, right? Like, and it's that that creates all of the suffering 
And I think what you're, what I hear and what you're saying is, it's just realizing that it's like life is challenging. You are going to have challenges, um, such as life, c'est la vie, you know, yeah. embrace it, see what it has to teach you. Yep. You're not a more evolved soul, a more spiritual person. If you can get outside of the human experience, that is not the answer. I thought it was, I think a lot of people do. It is being deeply in it and allowing it to be true for as long as it needs to be true. I mean, sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, let me do some deep breathing and it clears whatever is going on. Sometimes a nice meditation does. Sometimes it just does not. And I get to the end of the day and I feel just as crappy as in the beginning of the day, but I'm not struggling because it's, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the discomfort. It's not wrong. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be. I'm not resisting it. I'm not struggling with it. I'm not the dialoguing, right? Like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? And I woke up this morning and I can't shake it. It's like, so what? So what? I'm not shaking it. And I go to bed and I'm like, well, see what happens tomorrow, you know? Right. I mean, I don't know. It could be tomorrow too, or it could start off great. You have those great days, you know? You walk in and you're like, yes, wind in my back today. And then whoom, something happens. Um, and that shouldn't have been. And oh my God, I was in this great mood. And oh, I mean, it's the best when somebody else puts you in a bad mood. I was in a great mood till you said that, my right. partner. You did this my to me. Yeah, like it's so much fun. It's like, oh, I have a person to blame or a situation. I was so happy, but then traffic was a mess. And it's like, really? Like, really? You know, so if you can stop um, um, caring about the world working according to your own divine idea of what it should be every day, right? Like this was the big one. I don't know. There's seven, eight billion people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Ish. Yeah. And it's like, Okay, for the next hour, every single one of them has a fantasy of the next hour. Every single solitary one. So I'm in Chicago. How many people have a fantasy about their next hour that I'm going to interact with? Why would it be my version? Why? That's insane to think, right? Every single one of us thinks, oh, the next hour if it could just go my way the next week, the next year, it's like, who the fuck am I to think that my version, which by the way, anything in the future is just my imagination. Yes. It's just my imagination. It's just me projecting some weird ass fantasy into the world and believing for some reason it should be true. And you're doing it and all of us are doing it. And then we're actually mad. We're like, ah, I can't believe it. There's traffic. I didn't think there would be three o'clock. There's not usually. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, okay. I mean, but there is. And so I don't think I predict traffic patterns, nor should it go according to my life plan anymore. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And it's just so funny how, yeah, we, we demand that the world or something outside of us, um, makes us happy. You know, I realize this that you know in my in my own experience, uh if you just take the materialism, right? Because we all it's the pursuit of happiness and you get those things and we've talked about this before. You get the things and it doesn't make you happy. But then most people start that next journey, which is okay, well it wasn't physical things that made me happy. So maybe it's 
non-physical things. So it's spiritual things that will make me happy. And we're and it's we're pursuing the same things. It's just spiritual materialism. Right. Instead of physical materialism. That's but, cute. You should keep it. You know that. what I mean? Spiritual but, materialism. But it's the the aim is always the same. Yeah. Which is my happiness exists somewhere in the future. Yeah. Um, and that future may be, well, when I'm one with God. Like the only reason why anybody pursues spirituality is why? Because they want to be happy. That's right. Like happiness above everything. That's right. Um, you know, and, and I, then you realize all of your through the process of growth. Um, and this is the unlearning process through learning. It's like you begin to see that just as money can't make you happy, um, you know, neither do spiritual pursuits uh, ultimately because they lead you back to the realization that, well, you're already it. You're already okay. You're already worth loving because you are loved, by the way. Like, right. Right. And that's right, Kevin. And I, you know, all roads do come back to the same place. And every day I get a little derailed and every day I have to come back to it. Right. And it's like the expression of energy that wants to rise up and through me and live in the present moment wishes to do such. The mind gets in the way, cultural constructs get in the way, beliefs about how things should be get in the way. Mm -hmm. That energy is already fine, happy, call it happy, right? Happiness, the word triggers me because <laughs> we, we always mean it to align yeah. with pleasure, but happiness in terms of contentment, total satisfaction, peace, calm, that everything in life is okay is always available because the energy of self is already there. Yeah. Now, when I'm in my mind and I'm having an annoyed day and I'm feeling all sorts of stress because my thoughts are just going everywhere. Um, Sometimes that's not as available to me as other times. Right. But to know that you can keep coming back to it and not to take it so seriously and and it's okay that I'm over identified with my mind for an hour. That's what has gotten me out of the hamster wheel where, you know, I might've lost days to it or weeks to it or years and years ago, months to it. Right. Or God, I I was just living that way all the time. Yeah. And maybe we should start calling it well-being, like total, absolute well-being instead of happiness. Because I agree with you. Um, yeah. 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 And and one there was one other thing I wanted to bring up in this whole conversation because somebody would, has asked me about it before. Like, this is all, this sounds really great. But what you're talking about is spiritual bypassing. You know, just like kind of this Pollyanna, everything's going to be okay. And and I would say that actually there's no such thing because, you know, you're on this road. So let's just use the road analogy. You're on this road. You're on this journey. There is no bypass that takes you around the city, right? Because you're always going to come back. Um, like you're on this path. And even if you decide you don't want to face whatever it is that you're going to face, that's fine. You are going to be brought back to it, though. There's no, there's no getting out of your lessons. There's no moving from second grade to third grade uh, without getting through the curriculum. So like spiritual bypass, it like I kind of get it. I get the idea of I don't want to take responsibility for myself, but you always have to. You always end up taking responsibility for yourself, either like 
uh, joyfully from your own inner sense of I'm doing this or life is going to make you take responsibility. Yeah. Or you'll repeat it in the next life. Or you'll repeat it. Right. And it's fine. It doesn't matter because there's no time. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, um, spiritual bypassing can, can be, it's a thing too, but it, there's a difference, right? And, and the reason that these conversations excite me is because it's so nuanced and it's so confusing until you sort of have to experience it for yourself and you have to embody it for yourself. You have to go through that process, right? Like no matter how many books I've read or whatever I've done until I had my own felt experience. I was like, Mm -hmm. I think I hear it, but I'm not sure I hear it. But, you know, bypassing is to not experience. What we're talking about is actually feeling into all of it fully as it is without resistance or grasping. And, and there is no bypassing in there. And, and, you know, if you bypass though, there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. Just to get out of this framework of believing that there's some kind of right way to get through life um, is it's so conditioned into the brain to view things from a right and wrong place. It's fine that the brain sees it this way. The rest of us, the embodied self, the soul self lives in the energy of what is presented in the moments and doesn't have to, bogged down with the rightness and wrongness, but you know, the brain is what we are equipped with in this life. And so it's the realities of being human is that we will slip into those spaces and then come back. Right. It's part of the experience. And it's just embracing the simplicity of what is. Um, Yeah. Because life is the way that it is, but only all the time. Right. (laughs) Always. Only all the time. Yeah. Well, this was the best conversation I've had all day. And I I just love dropping into these. And I hope everybody uh, who's listening, this has been really helpful to you. We have so much more coming uh, to you next week. So be sure to check out uh, all of the things, littlesoul.school. And um, we will be back with more next week. Much love to everybody. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And I really hope that you consider checking out the Little Soul School, littlesoul.school, where there's a community of people dedicated to soul growth, soul learning, and the Akashic energy, a space that holds all of our soul's histories, everything we've ever done in all of our lifetimes. Because they're looking for a deeper connection to themselves, a place to experiment and play with spirituality in a non-judgmental, vulnerable, open community of people. No woo-woo, no fluff, just fun and connection. Come check it out, littlesoul.school.